It is great to have you all here with us, whether you're here with us on site or online. My name is Alex, and I'm one of the ministers here at ABC. And I'm really excited and feel really privileged, actually, to be speaking to you all today as we continue this incredible series looking at this one thing, this one thing that is at the heart of the Christian faith, this one thing that actually is important for our lives and how we can live them freely, whether in fact you are a person of faith or not. And so far we've looked at in this series at how this one thing can be a powerful force in our lives for good. It's an important thing if we want to have healthy relationships with others and with God. And last week, uh, Rob was speaking to us, and actually he talked about how this one thing is incredibly difficult because it requires us to make a choice. But this one thing can be the path to healing and peace. And that one thing is forgiveness. And actually, it's the only way that we can offload the baggage and the burdens that we might carry around with us in life. Last week, if any of you were here with us, uh, Lynn, who's an amazing artist here at ABC, painted this, in, did this amazing painting. It's here on site, and if you're here, I really suggest having a look at it uh, up close at the end of the service. But it was just an amazing painting that I think illustrates this point about forgiveness and the path to freedom that comes through it. And over the next two weeks, I'm going to be unpacking this a little bit more. I'm going to be looking at the process of forgiveness, what it might look like practically in our lives. And today, I'm starting with ourselves. I wonder how that makes you feel. I wonder if, in fact, you've had, any of you here have had an experience or you know what it feels like to be accused, perhaps rightly or perhaps wrongly. I remember uh, when I was young, I was only five years old or, or so at school, I have this really vivid memory that I'm going to share with you this morning. If I'm honest, when I tell you about it, you're not going to think it's that big a deal. Uh, but at the time, it really felt like it was the end of the world. On this one occasion, I was at school and my class, I think we would have been sent off to get changed for PT, for physical education. Uh, and after that, we went back to our classroom to form up and be ready for the session. And I remember one of the girls in my class came back from the changing area quite upset because she couldn't find one of her trainers, which of course she needed. The teacher asked the class if any of us knew where her trainer was or why it was missing. I don't think anyone said anything to the teacher. So she decided to send us all back to the changing area that we were going to check our belongings and help this girl look for her shoe. So I remember sort of wandering back to the changing room feeling quite relaxed, just thinking, well, this, this girl maybe just lost her shoe and now we all have to help her find it, which seemed a bit unfair. So I went kind of through the motions, I went back to my belongings, I looked through them, and then I went and opened my bag, my gym bag, and inside it was this trainer, this girl's shoe. And I froze. I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't understand why her shoe was in my bag. But what I did know is that I was going to be in a lot of trouble. And I remember just panicking. I watched everyone else as they checked their belongings and headed back to the classroom. And I was the last one to go back in because I just didn't know what to do with the situation, which in hindsight probably made me look quite guilty <laughs> now that I think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. And even though I knew I hadn't taken this girl's 
shoe, I knew I was going to have to go back into that classroom and I was going to have to tell the teacher and the whole class that I had found the shoe in my bag. And I really didn't think that the teacher was going to believe me if I told her that although it was in my bag, I really didn't take it. I didn't think she was going to believe that was the truth. And it felt like quite a horrible setup. So anyway, as you can imagine, I had to go back to the classroom. I told the teacher that I found the shoe. I tried to explain I hadn't taken it. Taken it. And being a five-year-old girl, I burst into tears. And uh, I think the teacher was quite nice to me in the end, actually. And understanding, she didn't take any disciplinary action, but she didn't really delve into the situation either. So I didn't feel like she'd really believed me. I also remember feeling quite angry with whoever had taken this shoe and put it in my bag, because they, know, they would have known it would have gotten me into a lot of trouble. And even though I wasn't guilty in this situation, I really felt the weight of guilt in that moment. I felt its heaviness and its oppressiveness. I felt like somehow I had done something really, really bad. Like somehow I was to blame. And you can't really escape that kind of feeling, can you? And I think it's that feeling of guilt that makes that memory so vivid even to this day. I still feel accused when I think about that situation. And I do wonder, actually, if that experience could have been different, maybe if the person who'd taken the shoe had owned up to it, but they didn't. And I'll never really understand or know why they did it. But needless to say, that experience has had a lasting impact on me. I think it's because it reminds me that there are consequences to our actions, aren't there? You know, when somebody does something wrong, someone else will always get hurt. And actually, whether we are guilty of something or not, any experience of guilt or blame or even shame will leave its mark on us. Now, I know I've given quite a light-hearted example this morning, haven't I, over time. I felt guilty, even though I wasn't. But the truth is that as I have gone through my life, there have been genuine moments of feeling guilt. There have been those times when I have made significant mistakes which have hurt others and myself. Sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly. And regardless of whatever steps I've taken in response to those situations, the feeling of guilt, that feeling that I have done something wrong, has haunted me for a long time afterwards. Sometimes, and in some situations, for many years. And guilt is a horrible feeling, isn't it? You know, whether we acknowledge it or not, it affects us in deep ways. I wonder what your experience of it might be. Are there things in your past which continue to haunt you to this day? Are you carrying around the baggage and burdens of guilt, shame or blame, and you just can't seem to shake them off? Are there things that you just can't forgive yourself for? You know, if anyone knows what it is to, to be and to feel guilty, it's Paul. It's a man we talk about often. Uh, Chris, in fact, was talking about Paul a few weeks ago in his talk, and that's because Paul is responsible for writing quite a large part of the New Testament part of the Bible. 
He's a man who lived on earth around 2,000 years ago, just around and after the time of Jesus. And in fact, he's one of the earliest leaders of the Christian faith, which is why he's so well known. So what does Paul know about guilt? Well, and some of you might know this story, but for Paul, before he became a follower of Jesus, he went by a different name. He went by the name of Saul, and he was not a particularly nice character. He was actually a deeply religious man. He was in a position of religious authority and power, but he hated this group of people called Christians. And he kind of made it his mission in life to set out and find, torture, and kill any Christians. However, one day, Paul has this life-changing experience. It's actually a sort of visionary encounter with Jesus. And after this, Paul is convicted of his sin and his wrongdoing. And he repents. He does a complete 180. He goes on to become a follower of Jesus himself. And actually, Paul dedicated the rest of his life to telling people about Jesus and to traveling around, building up brand new Christian communities. And one really important thing on Paul's journey, and something he is able to come to terms with and accept, is God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness for the things that he has done wrong in his life. And although Paul has come to this place of acceptance, it's probably no surprise to find out that actually he writes a lot about the problem of sin and the problem of unforgiveness in our lives. He writes about this internal wrestling and conflict that we can experience as human beings. And I think it's because Paul knows acutely what it is to feel guilt, to feel shame, to be torn apart by his own feelings and the actions and the consequences of his own actions. You know, the way that Paul often describes this dynamic is as a war. It's a war between what he calls flesh and spirit. A battling, in fact, between that sort of more destructive side of human nature, the the part that can lead us down wrong paths, and between this other part of what it means to be human, perhaps the more spiritual part, We might think of it as our morality or conscience. It's that part of us that tells us what we ought to do or how we ought to behave. But it's not always the part that wins the day, is it? You know, and Paul is really serious about this battling. And he refers to these two battling forces as two laws that are at work in our lives. One he calls the law of sin, which is the law of death. It leads to death. And the other is the law of the spirit, which leads to life. And actually, Paul beautifully explains how these two battling forces kind of uh, take place in every human being and how it can manifest in our actions and our behavior. And he actually explains this amazingly well in terms of his own experience. And I'm going to read something that he says now that he wrote in a letter to Christians living in Rome. He says this, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And he goes on to explain it like this. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who does it, but it's sin living in me that does it. 
I know it was a bit of a tongue twister <laughs> there, but I think what an incredible description of the human condition. I think Paul captures it so well. You know, I remember for me personally some years ago uh, when I started taking faith seriously and I was kind of drawn to becoming a follower of Jesus, I came across these words as I was kind of exploring the Bible and finding out what that's all about. And I read these words that Paul had written and I was just stunned by them. I actually felt that Paul was describing me and my life because at the time I was becoming more aware of this internal battle going on within myself. You know, I remember I had, had a way I wanted my life to go. I had a way I wanted to live life, but I kept making the same mistakes. I kept going down the wrong paths and it felt like I was powerless to change it. But this really confused me. And just like Paul said there, I couldn't understand why this was the case. And Paul's words just spoke straight to my heart. And I think, actually, Paul's making a really important point here as well. He's saying that if things like our sin or our guilt, our wrongdoing is left to fester in our lives, they can build up over time. They can become like heavy baggage and burdens, and they can start to dominate and control our lives. So much so, in fact, and this is the point that I think he's making, that they can then dictate our actions. They can dictate our behavior. We kind of lose control to them. You know, there's a battling here, isn't it? And one side will always prevail. And that's why Paul calls it the sin that lives within us. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever carried something heavy around, but you'll know that the longer you carry it, the heavier it will feel. You know, we saw that just now, didn't we, in the, the big story with Chris and the backpack. You know, over time, it's going to become heavier and heavier. And then it, in the end, it will have the upper hand because it's weighing us down all the time and we haven't got any strength left to fight it. Paul uses another amazing illustration, actually, to describe this condition, which I really like. He says, we can become enslaved to our sin. We can become imprisoned by it. And I'm sure anyone here who knows what it is to feel guilt will know that it is in itself a prison. So, what can we do about it? Well, actually, like most things in life, we can make a choice, can't we? And actually, one of the choices we can make is to do nothing, is to just to try and carry on our lives, carrying around these heavy burdens and baggage as if everything is normal. And I think Paul alludes to this a bit in the, in the passage that we read before. As he references that internal battling, he's actually suggesting that if we do nothing about it, if we don't deal with that baggage that's weighing us down, the things that we carry around in life, then there is going to be a winning side, but probably not the one that we hope for. And he actually says it like this, that the flesh will win, that sinful nature within us will continue to dominate. And we can easily get stuck in a vicious cycle because we don't have that strength left to fight our way out. And in fact, as with all sin, and as Chris talked about in his talk a few weeks ago, it can only lead to one thing, which is death. It can lead to things like the death of hope in ourselves and in humanity. 
the death of trust and stability, even the death of self, you know, the idea of who we want to be, the potential that we have as individuals. And actually, most importantly, it can lead to the death of relationships. And you know, the biggest relationship that suffers because of sin and guilt and wrongdoing is our relationship with God. And that's because ultimately, these are the things that can separate us from him, that can distance us from him if we don't do something about them. Which leads to the second option that we have, which is choosing to face reality, choosing to face the facts. And this isn't always easy, is it? But we can decide that rather than carrying around these heavy burdens and pretending that they're not there or they're not affecting our lives, instead we can decide to acknowledge them. We can acknowledge our wrongdoing, our guilt, our shame. We may need to acknowledge our own hurt and bitterness, maybe even unforgiveness that we hold on to. And for some of us, we may need to acknowledge blame that we have carried for things that have happened to us that just aren't our fault. And although acknowledging them is just the first step in the journey, we may then feel powerless to do anything about them. But actually deciding that we don't want to carry them around anymore is really significant. It's important that we say that we want to break free from the prison of guilt and unforgiveness. That we want to let go of things from our past. And to do that, in fact, we may have to do something that's called repent, which actually is about taking responsibility for our own actions. It's about owning our part in any wrongdoing and letting go of everything else. And the word repent literally means to change, to turn around, to change our mind. And it signifies really that we want to change our ways. We don't want to carry on on that path that we're heading on. We want to change our way of living. And, re and repentance is about more than just saying sorry, actually. It's about choosing a path to freedom. And the gateway to this path is forgiveness. And we need to accept forgiveness for ourselves. Not just forgiveness from those that we may have hurt, even though this is an important part of any process, but actually that forgiveness is, may not always be possible or even offered. We need to accept forgiveness from God. You know, I don't know about all of you, but I personally find it easier to forgive others than myself. Actually, when Dean and I were talking about this on the, in the studio before, and actually some people, it's the other way around, isn't it? But I do struggle to accept that for myself. And we can often be harder on ourselves, can't we, than other people. But there is hope. And actually, I'm going to turn again to Paul's words because he writes it so concisely and so powerfully. And he says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives you life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You know, what an incredible phrase right there. Many commentators think this just sums up what it is to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. But I love it because it's telling us that God does not condemn us for the things that we have done, the wrong things we've done in our lives. 
It's saying that through Jesus, we have a way out from that internal battle that Paul describes so well. So how is that possible? How does God just forgive us? How is there no condemnation? Does God just let us off the hook, no questions asked? Well, sadly, and probably rightly, not. We know, don't we, that there are consequences to our actions. And we also know that forgiveness is costly. You know, Chris and Rob have both been speaking about that in the talks of this series in previous weeks. Forgiveness comes at great costs. But God is able to forgive us because he has taken that cost upon himself. He has dealt with the sin, the guilt and the shame that we all might face or carry around in our lives. I think God knows that we're often powerless to do anything about it in our own strength. You know, God has done something incredible about all the wrongs and all the evil in the world. And he did it through the life, the death and the resurrection of his son, Jesus. You know, that's why we had, we got the kids coming up and putting their stickers onto the cross. It is important and it signifies this beautiful, powerful, costly exchange. You know, Jesus chose to come to earth, didn't he? To live among us as one of us, even though he's God, even though he's an innocent, sinless man. And he decided he was going to do something about all the mess of the world. And in fact, he took it upon himself. And to do this, Jesus chose to stand accused, even though he was innocent and he wasn't guilty. But he chose to bear our heavy burdens and to pay that price. And this led to him being beaten and mocked and killed. And he had the death of a criminal, the death on, death on a cross, which was a criminal's cross at that, a criminal's death at that time. You know, and Jesus did this because he knew that his death would serve a greater purpose. And that purpose is to set us free and to offer us the path to eternal life. And this is why I think Paul says with such confidence that there is no condemnation for those who believe in Jesus. Jesus has taken that condemnation upon himself. He's overcome it and he's defeated it. And that's exactly what he wants to do in our lives. You know, I'm sure many of us know that trying to just forgive ourselves for things and let go isn't always easy. But the good news is we don't have to do it alone. God wants to help us because he's done that hard work for us. And that's why God can offer us forgiveness, a way out of those cycles of sin, the things that lead to death. And he releases us from the burdens of guilt and shame once and for all. How incredible is that? You know, we can't earn this forgiveness. It is a gift from God. It was a costly gift, but it's what we often call God's grace. And surely if we know how much this grace costs God himself, but that he gives it to us freely, how can we not accept it? How can we not accept the forgiveness of a God that is willing to die for us. So I wonder, are you carrying around the baggage of guilt or shame or blame today? Are there things that you just can't forgive yourself for? 
Are you secretly yearning to be free? Well, the good news is that God has made a way for that to be possible. And I love just that painting again that just reminds us that forgiveness is the path to freedom and that God has offered that forgiveness to us. Let's pray together. Loving God, I just thank you for, for who you are, Lord. Thank you that, Jesus, you chose to come to earth and do something about all that is wrong and messed up, to do something about the baggage of guilt or shame or blame, to set us free from the prisons of guilt that we often find ourselves in. Lord, maybe for some of us today, we've, we're not sure what we believe, but we know what we carry around in life. And we know that we want to be free. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit will move in our hearts and will show us that there is that path to freedom through Jesus, through believing in him and accepting what he's done for us on the cross. Amen.